0: Sunday. God has something great in store for you today. I have been doing a series and I know this is the day all across this nation there's churches preaching on resurrection. Uh, But I'm going to finish a series I've been doing on the power of the cross. And uh, because I believe that God has, has things in store for us and a lot of times we don't understand what it means to actually live in the power of the cross. That, that Now we know it's not about the wood, it's not about that symbol, but it's what it means to us and where it has brought us out of. First Corinthians chapter uh, 1 verse 18, it says, For the preaching of the cross is foolishness to those who perish, but to we who are saved but unto us which are saved, it is the power of God. The preaching of the cross may seem foolish to some folks, but to us who are saved, it is the power of God. Oswald Chambers said this. He said, all of heaven is interested in the cross of Christ. All hell, terribly afraid of it. And while men are the only beings who more or less ignore its meaning. Oh my goodness. He said all of heaven is excited about the cross, hell trembles at the cross, but it's us who more or less ignore the meaning of what it is. And so the cross, we gotta understand, is the arena where Jesus settled man's sin problem forever. The cross is the arena where God settled man's sickness problem the cross is the arena where the poverty issue has been fixed oh my goodness the cross is the arena where death has been overcome the cross is the arena where hell itself has already been defeated mark it's already been done it's already been over and it's through the cross that jesus brought our salvation to its full sense We can totally and completely enjoy a full salvation. The abundant life that we seek to live, the victorious life we seek to live is found in the cross. Now, not in the wood, not in these symbols that hang everywhere. It's found in what it means to us when we remember what it actually accomplished. And folks, if we see ourselves defeated, unloved, unattractive, inferior, inadequate, insignificant, you'll begin to act accordingly. If that's how you see yourself. But when we look at the cross, it reflects some things back to us. It is the greatest mirror that the universe could ever have thought of. It is a reflection of how God actually feels about you. And that's what we're gonna talk about today, the reflection of the cross. The first thing we see when we look at the cross, the first thing that is reflected back to us is nothing other than the love of God. The reflection of the cross is the love of God. Go to John three. How many of you knew that one was coming? (laughs) John chapter three, verse 14, he said, and as Moses lifted up the serpent in the wilderness even so must the son of man be lifted up that whoever believes in him should not perish but have eternal life for god so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whoever believes in him should not perish but have everlasting life now here's the kicker in all of this bobby do you have these up Bubba? In verse 17 I'll give you a moment in verse 17 here here, here's the here's the reflection of the cross for God did not send his son into the world to condemn the world see you don't get any greater love than that God we we talked about last night in the Seder how that uh, Judas was seated At at, at a position of honor at the Last Supper of Jesus. So when Jesus got up to wash the disciples' feet, he actually, knowing the heart of Judas, washed his feet first. Why? It's because of this right here. He said, For he, he said, God did not send his son into the world to condemn the world, but that the world through him might be saved folks i'm here to tell you when you look into the cross the reflection that comes back to you is not condemnation is not that you're not good enough it's not that you're not worthy it's not that you've fouled up you've blown it you've messed up and there's nothing you can do about it the reflection of the cross is he comes back and says jesus didn't come to condemn me jesus came to completely set me free That's the reflection of the cross. We can look at it with blood and we can look at it with mar and we can look at it with muck, Scott. But the reflection that comes back is not a reflection of of condemnation. You may get up in the morning and look at yourself and say, you're not worthy. And so what happens, we begin to act like we're not worthy. You get up and you say, well, you're just an old sinner. And so you know what we start acting like Sally? We start acting like it but the thing is that's not the reflection that actually comes back that's what happens when we look through the eyes of a wounded heart when we look at the cross the reflection is that god so loved everybody that he didn't come to condemn the world but he came that the world through him might be saved if you got a bible you got an ipad you got something they're working on the screen it'll come up go to titus chapter three Titus chapter 3. Oh glory. Titus chapter 3, verses 4, and starting in verse 4. And I'm reading out of the voice. It says it this way. It says, but then something happened. Well, glory. I could stop right there and go home happy. But then. Something happened God our Savior and his overpowering love and kindness for humankind entered our world. The greatest thing that happened is when Jesus came we celebrate a baby in a manger but what happened it was the love and the kindness of God wrapping himself in flesh and coming to live among us. He says, but then something happened. God our Savior in his overpowering love and kindness for humankind entered the world. He came to save, not condemn. So much of the church world has been condemn, condemnation, condemn, 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 condemnation. And we, we, Dan, we've preached the wrong message. The message is that he came not to condemn, but he came to set free. He said, he came to save us. Now listen to verse five. I'm in Titus, what, three. For he came to save us. It's not that we earned it by doing good works or some righteous deeds. You can't earn this. There's no, uh, You ready? There's nothing you can do To make God love you any more than he loves you right now. That's the reflection of the cross. The reflection of the cross is complete love. The reflection of the cross is not a set of rules of, okay Bill, if you check this off you're good and if you check this off, oh you didn't check that one off so you know you're just out. That's not how God works. God works he sent the cross and the reflection back is that God came to love the world and not condemn the world Maybe if we quit preaching condemnation all the time and we tell people how much God actually loves them without strings <laughs> Without checklists He says but then something happened we, not that we could have earned it by doing good works or righteous deeds he came because he is merciful he brought us all oh, of this he brought us out of our old ways of living into a new beginning through the washing of regeneration and he made us completely new through the Holy Spirit who was poured out in abundance through Jesus the anointed our Savior all of this happened all of this happened that through his grace we would be accepted <laughs> Amen All of this happened so that we would be accepted into God's covenant family. The whole purpose of Jesus coming was not to condemn the world, but to tell the world, hey, you're already part and be a part I'll satisfy every need of justice I'll satisfy all the need for anything that you have in your life all you have to do is just come into the house enjoy the party let's have a good time because I love you so much that I'm willing to empty heaven to make sure you're in Amen. Mm. all of this happened so that through his grace we would be accepted into god's covenant family and appointed to be his heirs full everybody say full 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 of the hope that comes from knowing you have eternal life the first reflection that you're going to see when we look at the cross is a reflection of god that loves us so much who came to bring us into the family the next reflection of the cross is is, is is kind of a big word it's called reconciliation you're like okay what does reconciliation mean I'm glad you asked it means to call back into union see the cross says that I came not to condemn the world but that I came to draw all men to me The cross says that I love the world so much that I'm going to bring you as part of the family. And that part of the family, how he does it, is called reconciliation. That means that he called us back into union with him and into friendship and the affections which have been alienated. It means to restore friendship or favor after an estrangement. When Adam sinned, the word tells us that through one man, all men died. And so many times we get stuck on that, Ted. Well, we, we, we're, we're all sinners because of Adam, and we're all this because of Adam, but then we forget Jesus. Because the same scriptures where he says, In Adam, all men died, the same scripture says, But at the righteous act of one man, Jesus, all men live. We've got to come to the point where what was done on the cross was bigger than what was done in the garden. Uh, that what was done in the cross was bigger than what was done. And it's a t- term called reconciliation. It means to bring you back into friendship with God. Go, if you will, to Colossians chapter 1. Colossians chapter 1, verse 19. for it pleased the father that in in him all the fullness should dwell and by him to reconcile some of the earth to himself wait a minute (laughs) what did God reconcile back to himself All. all things all means all He reconciled all things to himself and by him, whether things on the earth or things in the heaven, having made peace through the blood of his cross. You see the reflection is reconciliation. That means when the cross is looked upon, when the cross is gazed upon, it's not a reflection of an angry God, it's a reflection of a God who is at peace. He's not up there just seething and frying, I can't wait, can't wait. No, when the reflection of the cross is a reflection of a God who is at peace. (laughs) And through and having made peace through the blood of his cross and you who once were alienated and enemies were. In your mind, <laughs> See, the only issue is is that people are walking around still with their eyes and their mind blinded. They don't believe that God loves them. Or they believe certain things about themselves, and so, what do you, when you believe something about yourself, what do you do? You act accordingly. He says, God is a God who is at peace and having been made at peace and you who once were alienated and enemies in your mind by wicked works, yet now has he reconciled in the body of his flesh through death to, now look what God does for you, to present you holy. Glory to God. To present you holy and blameless and above reproach, where? In His sight. That's who you already are. Ron, that's who who we already are. We are already made holy. We're already made righteous. We are already made above reproach and blameless in His sight. The problem is we've told everybody how awful they are and now their eyes are blinded. And they don't see this great salvation that's already been provided. Uh, I think it's time we start preaching good news again. How good God is. That the cross is a reflection of love. The cross is a reflection of a God who is at peace. And who has reconciled the world back to himself. And all they have to do is believe it. <laughs> Reconcile also means to transfer from one state to another That is completely different See the cross is the reconciliation of God. It means that Dylan was this way, but he's not that way anymore He is something that is completely Different than what he was before the cross, but I, but the cross was in my past No, the cross is always in your future the cross is always in your future because it's today yesterday and forever the cross has settled this thing for humanity from the beginning of time till the end of time this is how our God sees you Colossians chapter 2 I'm almost Colossians chapter 2 verse man alive surely Colossians chapter 2, verse 13. I like how the voice puts this. And when your flesh was still uncircumcised, dead in transgression, and swathed in its sinful nature, it was God. Come on, say that real quick. It was God. Had nothing to do with me, Terry. Nothing I could do about it, nothing I could do to help it, nothing I can do to change it. It was God who brought us to life with him, forgave all our sins, and eliminated the massive debt we incurred by the law that stood against us. He took it all away. He nailed it to the cross, but that's not all. He disarmed those who once ruled over us. Sin, addiction, sickness, poverty. He took all of those who once ruled over us. Those who had overpowered us like captives of war. He put them on display to show his victory over them by means of The cross. Ah! The reflection of the cross is a cross, is a reflection of love. The reflection of the cross is a reflection of you being made right with God. The reflection of the cross is that he took sin of all humanity and nailed it to the cross and then took those who would remind you of who you were and paraded them around like prisoners of war. And the only reason that people ain't getting it is because they don't believe this about themselves. So guess what it's our job to do? Tell them who they really are. What God really feels about them. How God really sees them the reflection of the cross is one of love of reconciliation and one of righteousness the reflection of the cross is righteousness well what do you mean it's righteousness for 2nd Corinthians chapter 5 verse 21 my favorite scripture I have a lot of favorites y'all have been here long enough you know that but this one is the one that set me completely free. Back when I was just trying to constantly go around and please God. Before I knew that he was pleased with me. Now that doesn't mean he's, Dan that doesn't mean he's pleased with everything I do. Cause y'all know I have the ability to mess it up really good. Just like you, don't look at me that way. I know you Larry. I have the ability. But even though I operate in that, it still doesn't change how God sees me. Second Corinthians chapter five, verse 21. I'm reading out the Passion Translation. He said, for God made the one, the only one who did not know sin, that would be Jesus, to become sin. We talk, talked about this last week. Jesus j- didn't just take sin, he became sin. Without acting in that sin, He could then nail it to the cross oh my well i won't get into that so that we might become the righteousness of god through our union with him now we read that word might become as in well if you do enough it might happen for you that's not even the way that term's written that term is written as a settled fact oh mercy That we have become the righteousness of God in Christ. Well, then why don't people act righteous? Because nobody's told them they don't have to (laughs) act that way. Mm. Moving on. Righteousness is the act of God by which he causes us to be innocent. He causes us to be made right. This is what righteousness means. To be made right. With him and to be in right standing with him this is what the cross reflecting back at you is is a reflection of you are on good terms with God I've tried it over here somebody over here might get that the reflection of the cross is you are on good terms with God <laughs> But you don't know what i've done you don't know where i've been you don't know what i've you don't know me man i don't have to know you because i know him and i know that the cross when you look at yourself the right way through the cross he will show you that he made things right between you and him a long time ago and all you have to do is accept it it's done there's nothing more to be done other than say I can see myself that way that's hard for a lot of us Romans chapter 5 verse 1 oh, thank you Jesus our faith in Jesus transfers God's righteousness to us you say well what does that mean that means it's not your righteousness that made you right with God. It's God's own righteousness. So when he looks at you, he don't see the good works that you do. He doesn't see how many checks you've written. He doesn't see all the people you have fed. He doesn't see the people you've laid hands on. He doesn't see any of that. When he looks at you, he sees a reflection of his very own self. It is his righteousness that he sees. So let's go back and read that again. Our faith in Jesus, our faith, here's here's how hard faith is. Faith simply means a firm persuasion. When you get convinced that this is who God sees you, this is how God sees you. (laughs) He says, then it transfers God's righteousness to us and he now declares us flawless look at somebody beside you and say I'm flawless husbands look at your wives say you're flawless (laughs) he now declares us flawless in his eyes this means we can now enjoy true and lasting peace with God I have peace with God you know why Cause he looks at me and he calls me flawless. Because he always looks at me through the lens of the cross. Problem is, as I don't look at myself through the lens of the cross enough. And so I see addict, I see failure, I see any number of things. But when you look at yourself through the lens of the cross, and you begin to see how God really feels about you it will change your life forever it will totally turn your world upside down and you know that you have peace with God all because not well, what would you do to get that glad you ask all because of what our lord Jesus the anointed one has done for us it had nothing to do with me Hey, if God left it up to me to get right with him, Tanya, I'm going to blow it. I'm going to blow it bad. I'm going to mess this thing up if it was left up to me. Thank God, Ted, it wasn't left up to me. (laughs) Verse 15. Now there is no comparison between Adam's transgression and the gracious gift we experience. For the magnitude of the gift, salvation far outweighs the crime. It is true that many died because of one man's transgression, but how much greater will God's grace and his gracious gift of acceptance overflow to many because of what one man, Jesus, the Messiah, did for us. Folks, we gotta understand this is all past tense. And any time I go forward, the cross is always there ahead of me. It's always my present. It's always my future and it's always my past. Verse 16. And this free flowing gift imparts to us much more than what was given to us through the one who sinned. For because of one transgression, we are all facing a death sentence with a verdict of guilty but this gracious gift leaves us free from our many failures and brings us into perfect righteousness of god acquitted with the words not guilty the reflection of the cross is a reflection of love reconciliation being put right with god righteousness where we are at complete peace with God. And finally, it's a a reflection of love. Finally, the reflection of the cross is a reflection of a family. (laughs) It's not a reflection of separation, but it's a reflection of unity. First John chapter three. Oh, how we miss the magnitude of the cross how we miss how much the remembrance of that cross actually means to us. In 1 John chapter three, verse one, look with wonder at the depth of the Father's marvelous love that He has lavished on us. He has called us, mm, He has called us and made us his very own beloved children. The reason the world doesn't recognize who we are is because they didn't recognize him. That's how easy it is. Maybe we've just introduced them to the wrong Jesus. Maybe you've been introduced to the wrong Jesus. The one who sits in the heavens and looks over you and declares you guilty every time you mess it up. Well, I'm here to tell you, there's a God in heaven that looks over you and he is at complete peace because he knows that Jesus's gift was enough and there's nothing else to be done. And all I'm asking of you today is just believe this about yourself. You're already part of the family So why don't you just come on over? Just turn around Oh my goodness You, you all okay? I'm, I'm down to the last two scriptures here Sydney. It's close <laughs> He has made us his very own beloved children the reason the world doesn't recognize who he who we are is because it didn't recognize Who he is beloved? we are God's children right now. However, it has not yet become apparent what we will become, but we do know that when it is finally made visible, we will be just like Him, for we will see Him As he truly is that means it's a reflection of who we truly are it's who God has made you folks I'm here to tell you the cross is not a terrible terrible thing it is a glorious thing that reminds us so much of who we are what God has done and what God is continuing to do in our lives here we go last one Romans chapter 8 I'm lying I got one more after this Forgive me, please, see, God's not mad at me, though. (laughs) Romans chapter eight, verse 15. And you did not receive the spirit of religious duty. King James Version called that bondage, Belinda. (laughs) You have not received the spirit of religious duty, leading you back into fear of never being good enough. But you have received the spirit of full acceptance here's here's the funny thing when Paul wrote this the Jewish people didn't know this type of adoption they didn't have a word for it they didn't have this type of system but he knew the Romans understood it see when you became this full acceptance that he's talking about if you're reading King James this morning it says the spirit of adoption that word adoption, when, it, when a Roman citizen would take on, they could even take on adults and adopt adults. They stood before witnesses. And in front of these witnesses, because not everybody wrote everything down, and in front of these witnesses, there had to be a symbolic purchase. It looked like somebody was entering into slavery. So, if I was going to adopt Tyler, we would come in front of all these witnesses, even his, even the one who gave birth to him, his father would be there. Who would agree to, especially if he was an adult, you just had to witness it. And then I would actually pay, it could be something to pay out, to say, he now belongs to me. All... Rights that you had to him, you give up. You see, there was a time when the cross came. When God stood before all the witnesses of the world and he said sin and death had bought them But I'm here to pay a price that will buy him back and you are going to give up all rights to him He is going to be mine completely. There's nothing anybody can do to change it There's nothing and so that he gets all the benefits of being my child. This is the reflection of the cross It's a family It's not a separation he said, you have received the spirit of full acceptance enfolding you into the family of God. And you, I love, I love this. You will never be orphaned. For as he rises up within us, our spirits join him in saying the words of affection, beloved father. King James says, Abba. Abba father, verse 16, for the Holy Spirit makes God's fatherhood real to us as he whispers to our innermost being, you are God's beloved child. And he's still whispering every day. To you, If you'll just open your eyes, open your mind just to listen to it, he's still whispering it today. You're God's child. Well, all this stuff I'm doing, just quit. You don't have to. There's nothing you need to fulfill your life other than the fact that he's whispering in your ear right now, you are God's the price has been paid, the adoption's been settled. So come on into the house. Come on into the family. Last one, Ephesians chapter one. And I'm reading now the Passion Translation again. Verse five, for it was always, everybody say always. This was always God's plan this is always God's plan from the beginning of man to the end of man this is always God's plan and this was always in his perfect plan to adopt us as his delightful children through our union with Jesus the anointed one so that his tremendous love that cascades over us would glorify his grace For the same love he has for the beloved Jesus. Now get this. This will change you. The same love that God has for Jesus, he has for us. That's, That's a whole lot of love. Considering they're one. Considering you can't separate them. Considering Jesus is God. Come on. (laughs) the same love that God had for his beloved son is the same love he has for us and this unfolding plan look at this, I love it this unfolding plan brings him great pleasure this is what our father sees it's love reconciliation brought back righteousness righteousness It's a family. This is the reflection of the cross. It is who you really are and how God really sees you. Just close your eyes real quick. I don't know if you've never been told how good God is before. I don't know if anybody's ever shared a God that's not angry with you but I'm gonna share him with you now. He's already done everything that he needs to do for you. I just encourage you to believe this about yourself. Just to accept that God loves you this much. (laughs) Just to know that he is at complete peace with you. And you can be at complete peace with Him too by just accepting that as truth. That's how easy this is. I know we're getting ready to do an egg hunt for the kids. Please be patient. But at any point today that you said, man, I need to talk to somebody about that God, because that's not the God I know. Ted, Jody, will y'all stand? Larry, Sheila, will y'all stand? Find these four people, okay? Talk to them, because they want to tell you how good this God really is. They want to share complete peace with you that you can know you are settled with God. So find these four people. They'll, They'll be hanging around over in here. Thank you, guys. You can sit. They'll be hanging around in here for a few minutes. They got, I know they got grandkids they want to watch egg hunt too, but they'll talk to you outside too. Cause it is more important that you know, this is the real God, Amen. that he loves you this much. And they just want to pray with you, share with you so that you believe about you. There's a song we sing here in praise and worship. And it says, do you believe? And it's a song from the father to us, Idra. I see the smile on your face. I felt Idris smiling over there. It says, do you believe what I believe about you? Today, I've told you what God believes about you. So the question is, will you believe what God believes about you? And that's all it takes. So please today, if you don't know, hey, find somebody. But if you've never been introduced to this God, this God of love that came straight from the scriptures today, these four people love, love to talk with you. Find Idra, beautiful smiling face in a purple shirt. Wave at us, she'll sh- <laughs> She'll share so much joy with you, you'll have to laugh. You'll have to smile. Because this is what this is really all about. It's about joy. Amen. Let me pray for you and then... Um, Will you step out and tell your mother if somebody didn't already? Oh, Matt's got it. Uh, Just tell her that we're, we're winding up now. Father, I thank you for today. I thank you for the joy that was set before you. You endured the cross. I'm that joy. I thank you that you have saved us. I thank you that you've healed us. I thank you that you've set us free. And Father, I thank you that you give us the mind to tell everybody else about it too. Give us the boldness to speak the glorious salvation that has already come to man. Give us the ability and the desire just to tell the world that you are a God who is at peace. In the midst of a world of turmoil, you are a God who is at peace. Father, we love you so much. We thank you. We appreciate you. In Jesus' name. Amen.